Portions of the following program were pre-recorded. AM 570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. In LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Peterson. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Keith. It's available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. All right, let's go. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Big three-hour show for you today. Uh, Anticipating playing a little Know Your Squad. A little Know Your Squad coming up in this first hour. And also need to let you know that Dodger playoff tickets go on sale tomorrow. If you want to go to the playoffs, my recommendation to you is get your tickets early. Do it now. Yeah, because here's what happens. If, you know, you've been through it a few times, but with a team like this, and by the way, the Dodgers are not asking us to say this. I'm just telling you because I got the email. uh, I would get your tickets. If you don't get your tickets quickly, here's what happens. They become harder to find, harder to get, and that secondary market jacks them up big time. Rodney, you and I both know that. There have been times where we've searched for tickets, and then you look at the secondary market, and it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, especially Dodger tickets in this town. You know, um, with all the studios and all the money that floats around this town, especially when you talk about the Dodgers, people will pay whatever, and that secondary market knows that. And so when they hit it, they hit it hard, and they are so jacked up. So, um Great advice, Fred. If you uh, if you have any intention of going to Dodger playoff games, I would do it now. And here's what we do know. Uh, games one and two of the NLDS, the Dodgers draw a bye in the first round. New rules this year, so the Dodgers have a bye in the first round. Game one and two of the NLDS will be October 11th and 12th at Dodger Stadium. If a game five is necessary, it will be October 16th. So those are the dates. Dodger fans know it. If you're just kind of curious and thinking about going, those are your dates. Tickets go on sale tomorrow. Jump in and get your tickets if you want to go. All right, they lost again to Arizona last night, but you said you were there. What was the atmosphere? Yeah, yeah. You know, it was it, to begin with, it was a little festive. Um, you know, for a Wednesday night, I thought it was a it wasn't a great crowd, but it was a good crowd. Um, you know, considering you look around the league on a Wednesday night. Uh, not a lot of folks in the stands, but Dodger Stadium is always pretty good. And and so it was a festive crowd ready to go. I think they, everybody felt the night before was, you know, the doubleheader, the guys looked tired, all those things. Plus, Dustin May was on the hill, so I think there was some excitement about that to see if he was kind of on his way back uh, since his uh, recovery and, and looking forward to see him start another game. And, and he came out flat, Fred. He was flat from the beginning. Um they jumped all over him. It seemed like every single ball was hit hard, although he did break a few bats. But um, there was not uh, the same level of intensity I felt from Dustin May last night um, as we've seen in the past. And the Diamondbacks, I mean, they they are treating this like this is their this is their World Series, and they're they're going after. It. They know their season is over in in a uh, in about uh, two weeks or so, but they're treating this. 24 game stretch and series with the Dodgers this time as a as their World Series and they're playing like it. 
Well, they're young, but they're very they talented. Are. They have some talented young players. They really do. This Carroll kid is nice. Yeah, Varsho, the catcher. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, what's the guy? Kelly is, uh, is 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 a good player as well. So they they have some good players. And then Bumgarner last night was just Bumgarner of 2010. Which we haven't seen all year. <laughs> exactly. He was money, Fred. He did. He looked like that, that guy that was winning titles for the Giants. He was on his game. He was hitting his spots. And um, he was very, very sharp. And when a guy like that can get it going and feels it, I think after inning three, he kind of felt like, this is my night. I feel pretty good. Um, when you get those guys that have done it in the past before, they can pull out one or two of those games every now and then and feel like, okay, I can be a giant killer tonight. And he was. He was dominant. The same thing we say about Kershaw. You know, Kershaw now. You know, even though Kershaw's been better lately than, than Umgarner has, but Kershaw can pull out some gems whenever, you know, you least expect it. All of a sudden, Kershaw's throwing a no-hitter through eight. You know, and and so last night, Bumgarner was on his we was on his game, and uh, I saw it firsthand. But he looked good. You know, you, you said you know he felt it. Maybe after the second or third inning, it's going to be my yeah. night. When you're a player, as you were, is there a point in a game where you're just thinking to yourself, you know what, this is going to be my day. This is going yeah. to be my night. I can feel it now. What gets you to that point? Oh yeah, you never know. You know, it's kind of like that zone that everybody talks about and especially sports psychologists, and how do I get there? How do I bottle that? Because it is the greatest feeling in the world where you're going out to play and everything feels like it's going in slow motion. It's like there's nothing you can do wrong. And I've been in those moments, and you're like, God, what can I get? How do I get that again? Uh, but the thing to answer your question, you don't know when it's coming. You don't know. There have been times where I feel going into a game, I felt the best I've ever felt. You know, Eric and I always talk about you never 100% during the season, and you're not. But there are games that you feel better than others. And I've been in games where I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel good in pregame. Oh, I feel so good. I still feel so good. I'm, ready. I'm so ready to go. I go out and start 0 for 11 in the game and throw two <laughs> interceptions. <laughs> you know, it's like, what the f- happened? And then there are other times where I feel like, I, feel, I don't know, I'm going to make it through. I don't know how I'm going to make it through this game. The ball feels so heavy when I throw it. It's just not coming out of my hand good. I don't know, what am I doing? And then you go out and have one of the best games in your life. So it, it, you, you don't know when it's happening, but when it's happening, it's kind of like that no-hitter thing. You don't, you, don't try to, you don't try to mess with it. You don't try to analyze it. You don't try to do anything. You just roll with it. And uh, it is a good feeling but uh, because um, – you do. You feel like no one can stop you. And I've had that with other guys. I'm, I, I, when you brought that up, it reminded me of um, playing with Steve Smith in, in Carolina. Yeah. Um, and there were a couple times, uh, and w- when he did it the first time, I was like, okay, I, I need this every time. But he came up to me in the first quarter. It was like the second series in the first quarter. And uh, he, he, he pulled me aside on one of the breaks. Defense was on the field. And right before we went out, he grabbed me and said, I'm running hot today. I'm running hot today. I feel good. And sure enough, he was running hot. <laughs> and I just kept feeding him and feeding him and feeding him. And it was one of those days where he knew after the first couple series, God, my legs feel good. I see everything. Everything is flowing. And uh, come to me. And I did. And so after that, every game, I would be waiting for him to come to me. How you feeling? You feeling hot today? You feeling hot? <laughs> he finally had to say, 
You son of a bitch, I'll let you know when I'm running out. <laughs> I'll let you know when I'm running out. Stop asking me. Oh, uh, man. But you do. You do know at some point, like, ooh, this feels pretty good tonight. I feel pretty good. Hey, they're in trouble today. This is like a, you know, a shooter. I'm sure Jack knows this. When you get it going and you can't miss and you're like, why am I taking that shot? Oh, it goes in. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, is it my fa Oh, oh, it goes in. They're like, okay. I'm going I'm to keep shooting. Yeah, right. I, I, you yeah. know what? It's one of those, I want the ball tonight. Yeah. I want the yeah. ball. Yeah. I got this tonight. I got it tonight. I got it. I can't miss tonight. And uh, that's a great feeling. All right. But Dustin May didn't have a great feeling. You pointed no, that out. And no. he, since his return, he's been a little bit inconsistent. Now, I don't know what you expect from the guy after missing a year. But he's been a little inconsistent. When he's good, he's great. Yeah. And when he's not, he's, Ugh, okay. Yeah. That's not going to work in the playoffs. No. No, it's not. And uh, you know how it is now. It doesn't matter now how hard you – a lot of guys throw 98, 99, 100 miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, but if you're not hitting your spots, then Major League Baseball hitters will hit you. And there are a couple times – I mean, he was hitting triple digits last night. He hit it a couple times. And he was consistently up at 98, 99 miles an hour. But a lot of them were – you know, belt high, right down the middle, and, and guys were teeing off. And uh, so you can't do that. And he was getting he was getting behind in a lot of counts as well. And I think that was a, a big issue because, you know, as, as we know, when Clayton Kershaw is going good, he's a first-strike guy, and he gets ahead in the count. And Dustin May fell behind in the count a lot of times and, and got him in trouble. Um, but he did not. He did not look sharp last night. And hopefully it's just uh, – a one-game thing, and he's he's got you know another start to kind of bounce back from that. Yeah, but here's the concern with that, Rodney: the inconsistency. So if if serve holds, the next game he comes out and he's on fire. Yeah, but then he struggles again, and you can't be that way in the playoffs. And really, you're a couple of weeks away now. Uh, so yeah, that, that's a concern. Yeah, it, it, it's a big concern. And now add this to the concern, if you will, Tony Gonsolin. Yeah, you don't know where he's at, really, they're not going to push it. They're not going to send him out there if he's not ready. And I would hope they don't send him out there if he's sort of ready. I mean, he's got to be ready to go. So now when you look at the playoff rotation, you have Kershaw, you have Julio, and I guess you have Heaney. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, you have three left-handers. Yeah, because, yeah, and you, you have Heaney, and then what do you do with Tyler Anderson? And Tyler... Left-hander. Yeah. Your entire rotation would be left-handed. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm just saying it's a little unusual. You just keep sending lefties out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's not an ideal situation, um, you know, for the Dodgers. And then on, to, on top of that, as we just talked about with Dustin May coming off injury, there is going to be some inconsistencies. Right. There's going to be some ups and downs. There's going to be some games where he's really good and some games that he's shaky, like last night. And and you you worry about that going into the playoffs. Um, but also yesterday, the, offensively, they, they were not on in sync. I mean, other than the home run by Mookie, I mean, they were, until the ninth inning, they only had one hit, and that was the hit. So the bats didn't come alive. And yes, Bumgarner pitched well, but they got him out of the game in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, and still... Uh, Dodgers couldn't do anything with their with their with their uh, bullpen, um, and so when guys are off for a period of time, you don't know how they're going to come back off of injury. We're seeing that right now with uh, with Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor does not look like the same guy as the guy was b 
before he had the foot injury. And he came back, and, and now he can't find the ball. He can't have, put a good swing on the ball. You know, once in every 12 at-bats, he has a good at-bat. But right now, he's he's lost something that he had before the injury. So that is the unknown, is when guys come back from, from injury, how soon can they get back to form? And that's going to be the case with Tony Gonsolin. And you hope, you know, that he comes back to the form because he was pretty good. <laughs> he was pretty lights out and consistent for the Dodgers in a season where we kept saying, okay, when is going to come back to reality? Okay, when is when is Gosselin going to come back to earth? And he just kept going out there winning and winning and winning and winning. And then you have this setback, and it's like, wow, no. Because that is, if any concern with the Dodgers, it is their starting rotation. Well, i got to be honest with you. I've got a bit of a concern here. And they, they have not really missed him, but they could. We don't know about Blake Trinan. He suffered another yeah. setback now. Yeah. So you don't know if he's going to be ready or if he is, how effective he will be. And he's another guy that's not going out there unless he's 100%. They can't risk that. You can't send somebody out there that's not 100% because they're going to get hit. Yeah. In, in the and playoffs, you, you cannot make mistakes. So I don't know if they can send him back out there. That's a concern as well, Rodney. Yeah, because we were anticipating him kind of being really back into the flow yeah. right now. Yeah. You know? And then with the setback, it's like, okay, what are they how are they gonna handle the back end now? You know? I know Gratterall is supposed to be coming. Um and yeah, but how he, long is how long is it gonna take for him to yeah. kind of get back? But to be fair, and, and I think you'll agree with me, it's not been his best season when he no. has not been injured. True. You know, True. he's another guy. He'll throw it 105 miles an hour. Yeah. And then you turn your head and they've knocked it over the scoreboard because we put it right down yeah. the middle. Yeah. And that and that's very unlike him. So he's not had the best year either. You know, if everything just holds serve and you start with the left-handers in the rotation and the bullpen performs as it has, Dodgers are going to be fine. But I don't think we're creating problems here. I think these are things to keep an eye on. 100%. Hundred percent. I mean, I, I think it's been kind of covered up by how good the offense has been and how good this lineup has been over the last month and a half. And but you know, Fred, as you get into the playoffs, all the lineups are good. You know, the teams that are making the playoffs, they have good hitters. And maybe not one through nine like the Dodgers can throw out at you, but they're you know six hitters in that lineup are pretty good. All right, busy show for us today. A lot to get to. We will have the story coming up in a bit. And every time I say that, I hear harps. So I don't know why. Uh, We are going to have the story of the Boston Celtic coach who could be suspended for up to a year for having a relationship with someone in the front office. So we'll get to that coming up later on in the hour. Also, we're going to play Know Your Squad this hour. Oh, yeah. That'll be the Rams. Uh Uh-huh. So we expect you to be ready for that. We'll give you a cue to call. When we come back, Kyle Van Noy of the Chargers expected to join the show. Uh, Their defenses look good. They play Jacksonville this weekend. He's out there with Justin Herbert, and maybe he can give us some insight on how he looks. Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. Middays down the hall on KFI AM 640. And you're listening to The Rodney Pete Show. The hottest takes and the best sports talk in the city from a man who lived it. And Fred. Oh, yeah, let's keep it moving. Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan on a throwback Thursday. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's bring on right now linebacker for the Chargers. 
One of the keys of that defensive unit, Kyle Van Noy. And Kyle, we appreciate you jumping on here. Good morning. What's up, everybody? You know, I'm bringing that energy. It's actually afternoon now. We got to get right. We got to be on our keys. <laughs> there you go. All right. Okay. All right. All right, energy. Kyle like Van Noy. All right, then. If I'm on the radio, I'm bringing that juice, man. You got to do the same. <laughs> hey, not only do you bring the juice on the radio, you're bringing that juice on the field, man. How you feeling? How's the body doing? It's doing great. I mean, I I feel I feel like I can play a game right now, anytime, anywhere. You know, I've been I've been focused, ready to play as much as I can and do the best for my team and make some plays. I mean, I gotta make I'm I gotta make a game change and play. You know, Bosa and Mac are leading right now. I gotta catch up. <laughs> and what are you going to do to do that? How are you going to make that happen, Kyle? I mean, I should have had a stack in the first game, and I should have had a pick last game. So I, I let some people down, and I need to pick it up somehow. Either a fumble recovery, force a fumble, something. I got to do something, bro. I'm getting, I'm getting antsy over here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Kyle. I mean, that it's, it's so brings me back, man, to my days in the locker room because I, you know. It, there is that little friendly competition with guys in terms of big plays or what they do on the field. Um, that that happens on a regular basis. Do you have that like friendly thing going on with Mac and Bosa and some of the other guys, Derwin James? By hey man, I'm, I got the big plays this week. Yeah, I, it's a competition every game with everybody. I mean, you got to put Asante Samuel up to the top yep. of the charts right. Now, too, he's been doing his thing with uh, game-changing plays, and I think it's a culture that we're trying to build here that, you know, we just don't want to make the the basic play, right? We want to make basic, you know, the base the basics look basic, but we want to make those hard plays look basic. We're, we're trying to be different here. We got something that we're building towards and working on, and we're focused on us. And I think that's what you're going to hear a lot from anybody you talk to in our building is, uh, we're going to focus on us. No, You know, we got have opponents, but it's about the Chargers. You know, so many times there's been, you know, I've heard the history and, you know, the same old Chargers, you know, yada, yada. I don't, I don't want to go down that route. I just want to let everybody know that we're focused on us. And I think that's the biggest improvement that I've seen so far since I've been in the building is we're not worried about outside noise and what we have and what we look on paper and the talent we have. We we want to be the best versions of, of us, and we know on defense specifically, we know we can do it by changing the game. I love that, man. And you mentioned you mentioned culture. Um, talk about your head coach, because Brandon Staley seems like he's a player's coach. You know, I know that gets thrown around a lot, but uh, in terms of how it's been for you, how the culture is in the building, I know he takes some heat from you know from last year and the fourth downs and going for it and all that. But in terms of players and, and, and his relationship with the players, man, how has it been for you and the other guys with the culture that, that Staley has brought to the building? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why you would, why people got upset about going on fourth down. I think fans should love that uh, personally because you got somebody that's willing to bet on his guys. Uh, he believes in us, and that's who you want to play for, somebody that believes in us. And as fans, I think – you should admire a coach not afraid to because majority of the times, you know, the fans are begging for a fourth down, you know? Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how it usually is. Now you have fans saying, oh, no, don't go on fourth down. But I, I love that aggressiveness, aggressiveness that he has, the passion, 
Um, we truly believe in him and his plan. He has a great plan each and every week through all three phases, special teams, uh, defense, and offensively. And we just need to collectively play as a unit. I don't think we've uh, had a complete game in the two games that we've played offensively, defensively, and special teams all working together. And that's what our plan is to get all those teams working together and play complementary football. Our guest is Kyle Van Noy. All right, so Kyle, uh, the three of us share something. We all have something in common. Yeah. Okay, I was born in Detroit. Both you and Rodney played in Detroit. I know what Rodney's experience was like playing in Detroit. I know what it was like growing up in Detroit. Detroit. I, I watched. I watched people play in Detroit. Yeah. What was What was Detroit like for you? Uh, it was a good learning experience uh, for me on how to become a professional, and uh, me and my wife started starting out. It was really good for our relationship. That's that's what I'll say about Detroit. And I have I had good OGs, you know. I I'll tell you a quick story. I my locker was right next to Reggie Bush. Shout out to Reggie. You know he's a legend, in L.A. And another guy was an All Pro linebacker named DeAndre Levy, who used to climb on planes with no parachute, no nothing. He was crazy. So I got the best of both worlds of what it was like to be like a celebrity in a way, and what it was like to be a caveman. And I wanted to be right in the middle. <laughs> uh, in your career, I mean, it began with the Lions, then the Patriots, the Dolphins, back to the Patriots and the Chargers. What has the journey been like for you? Ups and downs, uh, for sure. You know, I've had lows and blows where I thought I was going to be done after two years in the NFL, get traded go to the highs of highs of winning a Super Bowl and going to three in a row and winning two of them and then getting a huge contract, uh, a four for 53 from Miami and going and hell, you I mean, you see what it's been on the news down there. So don't need to go into that. And then going back up to the uh, old stomping grounds and, you know, having a rookie quarterback and then, uh, leaving that place again, and then now I'm here. Um, so it's been a lot of highs and a lot of lows, but honestly just trying to stay consistent and show people that I'm a really good football player, and I believe in myself, and I know I can help a team. If you give me opportunities, I'm gonna make, you're going to feel my impact, and I feel like I've done that the first two games, and I, I hope to continue to build the trust and build um, the relationships that I had to prove that I can help the team win. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, Kyle. Uh, and and you guys are in. Um, I think what everybody would would agree the, the toughest division, you know, in the NFL. And you open up with the with the Raiders, and you and you got that win. You go and have a tough break in in Kansas City. Um, you're one and one, but every game, you know, for you guys, is is got to be. It's going to be a dogfight, and you know it's going to be you know nip and tuck all the way down to the wire in this division. You got Jacksonville coming in town. Talk about them. I, I know you look on the schedule, and most people do, and you peek at it and go, "We should beat Jacksonville," but they got a young, dynamic quarterback and Trevor Lawrence. What about Jacksonville? Uh, can you tell us that uh, could be maybe a problem or or something that you guys are, are on the lookout for? Well, I mean, they kind of put themselves on the map last week by, you know, beating a really, really solid, well-coached team in Indy and doing it in a whooping, 24-0. to 0. 
Uh, that kind of speaks volume of what they're building down there and the type of guys that they have. Obviously, they had a lot of draft picks that are very, very high over the years, so they have talent down there. And they're putting it together with a coach who's won a Super Bowl. So that right off there, you have credibility. And then, you know, where everyone was saying, oh, why the hell would you pay Christian Kirk all that money? I think a lot of people are quiet when he's been balling the first two games. Um, I mean, he's been playing really, really good football. And, you know, defensively, they've done everything they can to harass quarterbacks from Carson Wentz and uh, Matt Ryan. So they've did a, done a good job. And then they have two dynamic running backs in uh, Travis Etienne and uh, Robinson, number 25. And then they have a solid O-line with Scherf, who's a high-paid guard. And then they have really solid receivers that have been in the league a while from Marvin Jones to Zay Jones. So they have like a complete team that can that is complementary off each other from the defense to the offense. And we got to do our best part to slow them down and, um, you know, focus on us. Like I said earlier in the show is, uh, we know what we're capable of, and we want. We know we're going to get a tough, hard match against them, and do our best. Uh, okay. Well, you were there when Justin Herbert suffered the injury. You're on the field with him. How is he? Uh, does he look like he's okay? <laughs> <laughs> Try to get the inside scoop. <laughs> well, I mean, no, but you're out to. there with him every day. Yeah, too. Should yeah. I bring? I know his locker's right next to mine too. So I, I should, I should give you guys the inside scoop, huh? Well, you should just tell us how he's doing. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, where he doesn't talk to anyone else, me and him are like best friends. He tells me everything about his life, you know, what he eats for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you know, the fun things he does off the field. No, I'm playing. Um, <laughs> we, do have a good, we do have a good relationship. I, th- I mean, Justin is Justin, though. He's, he's tough as hell. Uh, and I'm sure he's doing everything he can to try and play in this game. And, um, you know, that, that's all I can say about that. I'm going to let him speak for himself, and, you know, I'm sure he'll show you guys um, in practice in the coming days of how he feels. All right. Well, yeah, spoken like a true uh, veteran. Yeah, I was going to say, well, basically you said nothing. But that was really good. That was outstanding. Uh, I, yeah. I, I ain't no dumb rook. I know, how to, I know the trick is great. <laughs> I should have been like, no, you know what? He's feeling fantastic. He's throwing the ball 90 miles an hour. He's throwing, you know, 80-yard bombs. Yeah. He's doing great. <laughs> well, listen, man, we appreciate you coming on. This was absolutely terrific. Come back yeah, on with man. us when you get Definitely a chance. Definitely come back yeah, yeah. on Thank with you us, guys. Man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I told you I'm bringing the juice today. Uh, and I you know. did bring it indeed. There you go, Kyle Van Noy of the Chargers. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for doing this. Kyle Van Noy of the Chargers jumping on. What a delightful guy, Rodney. Yeah, he's a good guy, man, and, 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 can, and can play, Fred. The kid, he can play, and I call him a kid, but he's a veteran, but he can play. He's always around the football. If you watch the Charger games or even watch him when he played in, in New England and Miami, he's, he's a guy that's always around the ball. So um, great to have him on, great personality. And now you know what? Now he's got to make a big play against Jacksonville. Of course he does. He wants to. He said it. Yeah, he said it. He said it right here. Yeah. I'm not letting uh, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa have all the fun. I'm no. going to make him play myself. There you go. So we're rooting for him. A big story came out this morning, not involve a a Los Angeles team, but a team the the Lakers play and the Clippers, the Boston Celtics. Uh, Ime Udoka, their coach, could be suspended for up to a year. 
by the franchise for having a relationship with someone in the organization. Now you go, well, Phil Jackson and Jeannie Buss dated for years. And obviously Phil Jackson wasn't suspended at all. And Jeannie Buss was one of the owners. But the Lakers don't have a policy against that. And they probably wouldn't have a policy against anything Jeannie wanted to do in the first place. If she wants to date somebody, she's in charge. She can do what she wants. But the Celts do have a policy. And uh, I was really surprised when I read. Uh, obviously, these things happen in the workplace. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm nobody's moral compass. I'm not the moral police. You know, look, if you're married, you know you shouldn't do that. But, you know, whatever you want to do, you do. But a year suspension for the coach, that's what they're talking about. Does that surprise you? No. No, not if they had it in place and they had the rules in place and it's clear and black and white. Um, it doesn't surprise me. I'm sure if you look under there, you could face up to a year suspension if you break these rules. And clearly the rules were, were broken. Um, and I don't think it's not it's not like uh, they weren't aware of it. I'm sure it was discussed. I mean, this is a subject that has to be discussed and out in the open. And we've... Um, you know, it's 2022, and, and in the last 10 years, um, you know, with all the different types of, um, of movements going on, you have to be clearly aware of what is, you know, allowable in workplace situations, and, and I'm sure they were, and, and, and it, they got caught, and he got caught, and now he has to suffer the consequences for it, but I don't think this comes as a, as a shock. Maybe the shock is that now everybody knows, but... But for them not to know that this was against the rules, look, we I played, like I said, for seven or six different teams, and each team was different. Um, there were there were teams where I played on where they specifically said there are no you refrain from any uh, workplace relationships, um, and if you do, just like this, then it you know. Please discuss it, or please, I forget the language, disclose but it was it. disclose it, and, and so there's no issues at the end of the day. Um, and then it got even more specific, said, do not date the cheerleaders. <laughs> that was on a few teams. Do not date the cheerleaders. And then I got to one place that said, date them if you want. So that was the Raiders. Everything was gone. <laughs> How did you know? That was the Raiders. <laughs> How did you know, Fred? Everything's good. Go ahead. Whatever you want. Everything's good. Everything's good. They were very open about, yes, we, uh, we're we all family here, and it's, uh, you know, we're not going to stop anybody for from having a relationship. So, yeah, it was all good. All good with the Raiders. You know, you say there are certain companies where if you disclose it, then you're okay. But the problem is if you're married or you're involved in a long-term relationship, and I believe – that he is, uh, you can't really disclose that to anybody. You no. can't really go to the people no. in HR and go, I just want to tell you that I'm dating Cindy from accounting. Yeah. Because that would look very odd given you're married. Yeah. Or you're engaged to be married. Yes. Uh, yes. With a child, <laughs> with yes. the woman you're engaged yes. to. So. Yes, it'd be very awkward. Yeah. So I, I don't think you can disclose that. Yeah. And somehow this thing blew up and that's the other part of it you have to look at right if it doesn't blow up 
Nobody knows the wiser. Nobody's the wiser. But it blew yeah. up. Something happened. Yeah. Now you've got a problem. Well, they, they, and and for for the company, for the league, for the Celtics, you know, they're they're basically covering themselves, right? Uh, you got to disclose this because if this goes bad at the end, and this uh, there's a, there's a breakup and it's ugly, um, we need to have full knowledge of what what went on. So not only the two people involved are clear and and are protected, but we're going to protect ourselves too. Because we don't want to be sued at the end of the day, like we we condone this behavior or we were complicit in, in some of the things that may have went on that went south in the relationship. So yes, you better disclose this, and we ref- we strongly suggest you do not have any relationships with any coworkers, uh, because we've seen it all too often that these things go bad, and they ended up you know people ended up suing the organization, the individual. And it goes all the way up the the food line. I'll tell you how bad it can go. I'm not going to use any names here because that would be inappropriate. And it happened many, many years ago. But something happened at Channel 4. I'll Mm -hmm. I'll describe what happened. And then you tell me what you would have done. And then Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what they did do. So there was uh, a reporter and a producer. Both were married. By the way, I, I, I was not aware of this when it was going on. And they started a relationship, okay? And they were involved with each other. As a matter of fact, they actually, at one point, to cover a story, had traveled out of town. And that's where it kind of leaked out because they were far more friendly than just coworkers on this this trip. So anyway, it leaks out. And uh, one of the people's husbands also worked at NBC. Okay, so they were both married, Mm -hmm. and the woman's husband also worked at NBC. All right, nobody knew anything, but then it kind of, after this trip leaks out, the husband goes to the then general manager of KNBC. Wait, go back. So the the woman involved in the relationship, her husband also worked at, at NBC. In, at a different at part of NBC. Okay, okay. All right. He, so gets he goes to talk. the boss of KNBC. Okay. And blows the whistle. Okay. And said, I've learned that this relationship is going on between my wife and this other person that works at KNBC. And I'm telling you that it's yes. happening. You're their boss. You're their boss, Rodney. So what did the boss do? Well, first of all, just like in this situation, you got to find out if there was any kind of code of conduct in place before this incident happened or this relationship happened. Because if it is, then they violated the rules and you got to go by whatever the penalty is for violating the rules. So I'm not sure there was a code of conduct back then. Okay. So there wasn't a code of conduct. Um, and if it was both, if it was consensual, that's a, that's a them problem, not a me problem. That's not a company problem. That's a, that's a, that's a triangle love triangle problem. Okay. Right. So that's how you look at it. That's if you were the boss, that's how you would do it. Yes. The boss called the two of them in. 
sat them down. Not, on the not the husband and wife, the two people having a relationship. Right. Two yeah. people having a relationship. Okay. Said, I want to ask you a question. Are you having a relationship? Are you involved? And they said, and she go, and the boss said, and don't lie to me. Mm-hmm. Don't lie to me. And they looked at each other and they looked at her and she's, and they said, yes, we are involved. And, she, and the boss said to the woman, do you know how I know you're involved? And she went, no. Your husband came and told me. And they both looked at each other. Mm. And she said, the boss said, I don't have time for this. That's your business. But now you've made it my business. So you're both fired. She fired them both. Mm. Boom. Mm. You're both fired. Mm. See, I'm not shocked either way on that. You know? Especially, like you, as you mentioned, that you don't believe that there was any kind of code of conduct in that situation. Because there are, it's not universal, right, with, with companies, especially private companies that are privately owned. It's not universal that, okay, you're not supposed to have any kind of relationship with a coworker. Some companies, it's okay. And in fact, there are a lot of companies where that's how people meet each other and fall in love and get married because they, they work together. But you're not supposed uh, to be married when you start the relationship. Well, no, that's a moral thing. Yeah. Right? That's a moral thing, and that's 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 on you. But in terms of having a relationship with your coworker, um, it's not uncommon. It's not uncommon. And if there wasn't, you know, a, a code of conduct policy in place for that, then the, the then the boss, I think, I guess, has every right to do whatever she wanted to do in that situation. Like you have damaged this company or I don't see how this, how you two can work here any longer given the circumstances. And so you're both got to go. And they did. And they, and they left. Now, do they have, here's the other question. Do the people having the, the affair, if there was no code of conduct policy, do they have a case on being fired for having a relationship? They did. Because it's a moral situation. Yeah. They didn't sue. And now, no, of, of the three... It would have made it worse, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, some they, people they probably would have said, well, the hell with that. So what, I had a relationship. There's no... There, where's, the, where's the rules against that? Yeah. And they, why'd you fire me? And if you, you sat here and told me that I'm fired because of that relationship. Right. Especially if it's not affecting performance or anything exactly. like that. Yeah. What's the grounds for letting me go? I don't know about anybody's performance in the relationship. Oh, Fred. I'm sorry. You know what, Rodney? We should get an attorney's take on this. Yeah. Yeah, we should. We should get an attorney's take on it. We so definitely should. We'll do that next. And now another Rogan and Rodney. Oh, yeah! Afternoon Delight. Girl, you know we belong together. I don't have no time for you to be playing my heart like this. Oh, yeah, Freddy. Oh, just yes. Today's Throwback Thursday edition of Afternoon Delight is End of the Road by Boys to Men. This song spent a then record 13 weeks atop the Billboard Hot 100 charts in 1992. In addition to reaching platinum status with well over a million units sold, 
It won Grammy Awards for Best R&B Performance by a Duo or a Group and for Best R&B Song. It is also ranked at number 55 on the Billboard's all-time top 100 songs. Again, today's Throwback Thursday edition of Afternoon Delight is End of the Road by Boys to Men. And also, Afternoon Delight is brought to you by Rusnak Westlake Porsche. The all-new four-story Porsche Westlake is ready to dazzle one and all. Now, open. Let's go. All right. And now, from the court to the courtroom with Jacob Emrani. Okay, here's our weekly visit with our buddy Jacob Emrani. Jacob, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Man, I was feeling that song, Boys yeah, to Men. Yeah, right? Like right on. One of my favorite songs ever. 100%. 100%. Alright, Jacob, we want to start with a legal question for you. Have you heard about the Boston Celtics coach? Yes, yes, I've been following that. Okay. And according to reports, he's had a relationship with someone in the organization, and that apparently violates team policy. And the reports are that he could be suspended by the franchise for up to a year. Rodney and I were just talking about the legalities of this and how it all works from a legal perspective. Uh, if they said, we're going to suspend you for a year because it's against policy, they can do that? Well, I'm sure it's in his contract. I mean, these are the type of things that they put into the contracts, And basically, you know, it's an out for the team. Now, you know, whether it's specifically listed out there that, you know, if you end up having a relation with somebody within the organization and that is, you know, forbidden and he has agreed to it, then basically he's going to pay the price, especially up to a year based on a consensual relationship. Now, the last I heard, he was married to Nia Long. I don't know if they're still married or not or if they will be after this. I don't think they're married. married. Oh, they're not married? Okay, that's just a girlfriend? Yeah, Yeah, I think they've been in a relationship for a long time, but I don't think they're married. Yeah, so in a relationship, and, you know, I think the one thing that, you know, what I've been following is it's consensual. So basically, based on that, it obviously shows that it's part of his contract and it's team policy. So, yeah, absolutely. If he signed off on it and he agreed to it, now he's going to be held to it. Hey, Jacob, Fred brought up the, the uh, another incident and that, that we discussed briefly, um, similar, but the company may have not or did not have uh, it within the code of conduct standards, but but the the uh, boss ended up firing both the people involved. Uh, if it's not in the code of conduct or in the contract, is that legal? No, I mean if it's not in the code of conduct, number one, if it's not you know there, and then you also have to look and see if both individuals are going to be paying the price. I think ultimately at the end of the day. This is all going to come down to whether Emeo Doka is just going to take this punishment and come back to his job. I mean, coming right off of a successful season like that, um, you know, having the Celtics having picked up, you know, these players and they're supposed to even go further. I think ultimately it's going to come down to making a decision whether he wants to fight it or not. But no, Rodney, I mean, that's a great point. If it's not there, then of course that's going to be a point of contention that he can fight. But if he does fight that, I mean, let's think about it. Where is his... You know, where's his future with the, you know, Celtic organization going to be? I mean, you know, obviously 
when we sit here, we hear something happening to the Celtics. You know, we're not, you know, we're not necessarily feeling it for them. I mean, ultimately, right. you know, we're sitting here saying it's the Celtics, you know, they, they let, let them deal with their problems. But no, I mean, you bring up some great points. And I think obviously those are details that we have to find out about. Jacob Emrani is with us. All right, Jacob, as a proud partner of the Lakers, camp begins. Uh, now they have Dennis Schroeder. Do they have too many guards? Uh, Bogdanovich was traded from Utah today to Detroit, so I guess he's off the table. Now do the Lakers have too many guards? Well, they definitely have too many guards. But, I mean, you know, when you look and see the type of people they picked up, you know, picking up Beverly, he brings something to the you know table. You bring Schroeder for $2.6 million. That guy's definitely worth the you know, amount you're spending, but I just don't know how this is all supposed to fit together. Now, of course, we heard Bogdanovich was traded, and it just hurts me every time I hear these players, when they're trying to trade them to the Lakers, they want the farm. They want two first-round picks. They want this player, that player, and then they go and they ship them to another team for basically crumbs. I mean, Kelly Olinick, you know, for a shooter like this. So, again, you know, the Lakers don't ever have anybody who's willing to cooperate with them. Nobody wants the Lakers to get any better. And you keep thinking when they picked up Shooter that there was going to be another trade that's coming, you know, right after that. And we're all right. continuing to wait for that. But it just hasn't happened. And I think the Lakers just are not finding a deal that they like. So I like the fact that they're staying patient. But from the other side of it, you got to do something. Because if your best shooter is going to be Patrick Beverly, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he can shoot okay, and it's, it's you know very serviceable, but he's not not the three point shooter that you kind of been looking for. Um, but but isn't that a fact of really there is a I don't want to say there's a, a a conspiracy, but the, the people are out there not so willing to make any kind of deal that's going to help the Lakers. But it is, Rodney. It is a conspiracy. Nobody wants to help the Lakers. I mean, we knew from the beginning that if anybody does pick up Westbrook's contract, they're going to try to rob the Lakers. And that's why they're asking for two first-round picks, both being unprotected. And I'm sure we've all read that those two picks with where the Lakers are going to be in five years from now could be very attractive. So I guess the Lakers are trying to make a decision whether they want to go ahead and you know put the rest of this decade in danger by moving those two picks or whether they want to take their time and take Russ to camp with them and see what happens. And every day that goes by, it looks more and more like that's what's going to happen. Uh, Jacob, our listeners love when you offer them some advice. Let me ask you this today. Uh, what about a pedestrian accident? What about if I'm walking around and I'm hit by a car? Should I just deal with the insurance company or is it important to hire an attorney immediately to get that access to medical professionals? Yeah, so, so that's a great question. I mean, first of all, with any accident, it's always better to have an attorney who's a professional represent you so that you don't get taken advantage of by the insurance company. But when it comes down to pedestrian accidents, and the reason it's such a great question is because we've been getting a very, very, very high increase of pedestrian accident phone calls. And most people think that you only get hit as a pedestrian if you're jaywalking or you're in the middle of the street. But I'm here to tell you, we get so many calls, guys, where people, and I'll, I'm going to give you this, I'm going to lay this out, okay? When someone's standing in front of a sidewalk, you're about to walk into the crosswalk, and you've got a car that's trying to make a right-hand turn in front of you. They're looking to the left because they want to make sure that that traffic that's coming from the left is not going to hit them as they make that right-hand turn. You step off, 
the sidewalk into the crosswalk, and bam, you get hit. Because nobody ever pays attention to their right. They're always paying attention to their left of the cars that are coming. We get a lot of those people who actually get injured in the crosswalk. So the one thing I want to share with our listeners is that even if you're in the crosswalk and you believe that somebody is going to have to stop, don't assume that. you got to slow down, try to make eye contact with that driver because with everybody being so, so busy, being on their cell phones, doing so, you know, looking at their text messages, reading their emails, most of the time the people don't even know you're standing in front of them. That's why we keep getting these major, major injuries, and there are a lot of pedestrian ones. So please just take those cautions and don't just think the other person is going to stop. Make sure they see you. Jacob, great advice as always. Appreciate the time. You have a terrific week. You too, guys. Talk to you soon.